0: somebody. That's good. Hey, I'm pumped about today. I, I just, I don't know. I've had this anticipation in my heart of what I believe can happen in some of your lives. Here's the truth. I think y'all might be surprised by the simplicity of this message because it's not going to be, I don't think y'all are going to be blown away with like uh, new things that you've never heard before, but, but sometimes it doesn't take that. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's not the the crazy theology breakthroughs. Sometimes it's the simple that God gives you what you need. And I just believe for some of you today, you've been holding on to some things and I believe God's going to break that in your life. And so I'm pumped. I'm excited. And today we're going to look at part two. So part one with Simeon, we're going to update our story. Again, if y'all aren't familiar with Instagram, Austin's bumper video is really cool because it kind of gives you an idea of What that looks like and if not just keep going don't worry about it and just stay with me But today is a story about Anna and some of y'all may have never heard of her This is not the other princess on frozen Anna and Elsa You're welcome for those of y'all that are asleep anyway This is not that this is this is a lady that's found in Luke chapter 2 that we miss That we miss and so what we're trying to do is each week We're trying to give you a story with the story and this particular story I'm excited about because uh, it's near and dear to my heart. And so uh, we videoed earlier this week my grandmother. And Anna in the story that y'all are going to see in a minute is 84 years old and my grandmother's 85. And so it's crazy how well it ties in together. And then um, as we videoed her, I was just blown away because um, she's good, y'all. I mean, she's, <laughs> she's really good and she did a great job. And I think y'all will be really blessed Uh, By this story, but here's what I want y'all to get before we play this what I want y'all to just consider is not um, I just want you to think about your life And what you thought it was gonna look like and what maybe it really looks like and consider maybe god's been at work the whole time Because I think that's the power a lot of times is like we have this idea of what life's supposed to be And then a lot of times god's way is a little bit different But in the midst of that, in the middle of that, God will use it for his glory and our good. So y'all watch this.
1: I'm Elaine Pangle. I'm 85 years old. I've been a Christian for 59 years. It's been an exciting, sometimes a very hard things to go through. But as I was thinking about this, I thought of how the Lord started um, speaking to us. We were in our early 20s, and uh, we had, had two boys. And when Jim worked on a farm, but when we had our lunch in the afternoon, um, just all of a sudden one day, I had a Bible that my grandmother gave me for Christmas. And we decided we were going to start reading the Bible. We did not go to church. I had gone to a community church years before. Jim had never gone to church, ever. He went with me that day because I wanted to go. And he said, OK. We went that Sunday, and we came home. We talked about it. And the next Sunday, we went again. That third Sunday, the pastor preached on Matthew. Offhand, I can't quote the scripture. Um, and Jim was at that right away um, the Lord just spoke to his heart I was sitting with my two boys and my mom and dad were there with us and mom looked at me and she said do you want to go up with him and I said, you know yes of course <laughs> so we both got saved that day you figure 59 years I can't ever say there was a Sunday that we did not go to church We had to be awfully sick if if we did stay home, which we just didn't get sick. We were very, we were healthy people. The things I had the worst time with was my mother. Mom was at the age where everything was difficult. We had, our oldest son had to have surgery and he had a lot of surgery when he was, from the time he was six weeks old. He was deformed on his hands and feet. Why? Only God knows. And when Jim was just, Jimmy, was just a little over a year old, and all this time we were not Christians, I had a baby girl what I wanted all my life. I'd always wanted a little girl. And um, she lived two days. That was a hard place to go through. Um, We laid and cried together several nights. Why us? God had a reason. When I got pregnant with Ken, my mother thought I was crazy. She did, I mean, we, we talked about it. I said, but I wouldn't know I could have a perfect baby. It was just something I wanted. That's all I wanted when I graduated from high school. That's all I wanted was to get married and have babies. And when I had the third one, that was it. Um, the Lord didn't want me to have any more. It wasn't that we didn't try. We, we started having family devotions when the boys were very young. We'd have it after supper at night before Jim would go back over to the barn and always had prayer and read the scripture. Um, Not necessarily anything in particular. I can't remember actually what we started reading, but prayer was always important. We were married 62 almost 63 years Um, when he died it'll be four years in may which doesn't seem possible Um, really we didn't know what was happening he'd had cancer he had radiation treatments and thought it worked but yet there was still cancer there he knew, I think he knew more than what we. He was not in pain, for which we're thankful. When Jim got ready to die, he was ready to go. I am ready to go right today. I could go if the Lord decided to take me. I'm ready to go. I am not afraid of dying. It's nothing to be afraid of. The Lord's going to be there. We have no reason to be afraid. And you know, you get lonesome, but I'm not afraid. And if he has something more for me, of course, I'm here for my kids and for my little ones. But the Lord's got a reason for my being here. so many people have said, oh, it would be best if you could go together when you that got that close of a relationship. But I thought it would be too hard on my family sometimes <laughs> if we both went together. Even though there are times when, when I wish I could. If I quit going to church and couldn't hear the messages, I think that would be hard. But the Lord is good. He is real. I'm thankful for my family. And if only people would realize, you know, you see so many people get so disgusted with their families and and the kids. I wouldn't have traded my boys for anything in the world. Never would. And now my grandsons, (laughs) grandchildren, all of them, and I'm thankful for our church and for your messages.
0: You know, what I think's cool about watching my grandma's video is um, she's sitting in here. I'm not gonna point her out, but she's right there. <laughs> uh, what's cool about what's cool about that is if you pass my grandma, she's unassuming. Like you, it's easy to pass her by and not and not pay attention. You know, like it, she she's not big, and so she doesn't take up the the room's air, <laughs> and she's not eccentric like I am, and so she doesn't uh, light up the room that way. And so I think a lot of times what happens to us is we look at uh, personality types and we think, well, that's God's favor. And then we look at like outward things, right? We look at things that people have, things, everybody say things. And we think that things dictate favor, like that means that God's favors on their life. Listen, it can, but it, it, I find that most of the time that is not the case. Because we have tied what we believe God's favor is to what people have in possessions. But God gives according to your destiny in Christ Jesus, not according to what I want for Christmas. Come on, somebody. And so what I'm learning is that Elaine Pangles of the world are the heroes that we miss. We pass them by because we think to ourselves, maybe she doesn't offer me anything, but it's the stories of what God's done that have the power y'all like there's power behind that there's power behind a testimony because there's some things that we had for time purposes we had to leave out like um, I know that there's no days that she hasn't spent a considerable amount of time praying her and my grandfather would pray if I ever had a problem I would pray and then go to them and say well y'all pray for this that's crazy y'all like that's unusual but nobody knows it, right? It doesn't show up in the in the news. It doesn't show up on the ticker, and we want a claim. And so, this is really my question for the day. As we start, is are you willing to do what it takes so that God will do what He's already done? Which means a lot of times it's not going to show up in the headlines. It's not going to show up being sexy. It's not going to show up being fun. But are you willing to do what it takes? When adversity comes to your home, are you willing to do what it takes? Are you willing to stay the course? Are you willing to have a one-track mind? Are you willing to have a one-track mind? Now, I'm not going to be solemn the whole time. Because when y'all think of a one-track mind... Y'all can laugh. This is going to be funny, so everybody can relax just a second. But every wife in here, can we just can we just cut through the tension for a second? Every wife in here, can we be honest what y'all think about when you think about a one-track mind? Praying and reading the Bible, right? Come on, somebody. All right, y'all are, we need to pray over y'all right now. Right? My wife, I don't think, is in here this service. She's serving the babies, and so... I can talk about her and she can get over it. Praise the Lord. But like, she would definitely say amen. Because, I don't know, it's just God instilled that in us dudes that we have a one-track mind about reading the Bible and praying. Praise the Lord. But what happens when we truly have a one-track mind that we have a singular focus of what God has called us to be? Because it it is so easy to get off, y'all. It's so easy to not have a one-track mind. And that's, if, if I could say anything about my grandma that I want to just brag, and I don't care if it's wrong, I'm just going to tell you, I'm, I'm thankful, I'm proud. And I'm glad you had that last uh, baby, just so you know, because I'm here, praise the Lord. <laughs> seed of the seed, praise the Lord. But, um, but I would just say that my grandparents are one-track-minded people, and it's whatever the Lord put on their heart. And that's awesome. And so today's focus is Anna, And her name means grace or favor. And this is what I hope y'all can get. If y'all want the end of the story before we even uh, really dive deep into it, this is what I hope y'all can get, is that favor can be and is supposed to be on every one of your lives, but it just might not be what you think it is. Favor is God's extension. This word grace and favor are synonyms. They mean the same thing in the Greek, and it literally means God's extending himself to man. All of us received grace. It's by grace, his his charis or his charity that we're saved through faith, that he extended himself to us and we receive his free gift. But listen to me. God's favor does not stop there. He wants you to accomplish what he purposed in you the day that you were born, actually before you were even thought of. He knew what you were going to be and he knew what he purposed in you. Most of us don't reach what God intended for us to reach because we have an idea of what our purpose is outside of his presence, outside of his person. And we hope that God will come along the side and help us out. This week, um, I was finishing the one-year devotion that, we, that I was planning on doing 21 days and it ended up being 365 to God be the glory. That's funny, but um, that's a little more than 21. But anyway, I was finishing it up and, and I was just considering Emmanuel, that God is with us. And there's a verse in, I think it's 1 Corinthians 6, 12. And it talks about that two become one. And I thought, how interesting is that? That with the Holy Spirit, I become one. And that that's the picture of my marriage. And when I'm one with him, That is how I walk in favor or his grace. But when I'm not, I am not one-track mind. I'm not singularly focused, and that's when I get off base. So, if you have your Bibles in Luke chapter 2, I want you to see a person that we can recognize as as one-track minded, as singularly focused as anybody I believe in the whole Bible. And this this lady's name's Anna. It says in verse 36, there was a prophetess. Everybody say prophetess. Anybody that... I'm just going to speak to the haters for a second. (laughs) And I ain't worried about you if you are, because I love you. But I still ain't worried about you. Anybody that believes that God doesn't use women in a great way and that we shouldn't elevate women hasn't read the same Bible that I've read. Because we pick and choose certain parts of the Bible and think that God didn't greatly use them. But I didn't come up with the fact that she was a seer, that God gave her the ability to see things that were not automatically seen and that God had gifted this lady in a great way. And even though people passed her left and right, that she was a prophet of God. Is anybody in here today? So I just believe that every lady in this house is gifted. And all the men that want to be haters and all the haters that want to be haters and all the whoevers that want to Gatorade and raid and whoever. Haters going to hate. Hashtag. All right, here we go. But we believe in what God does in ladies just as much as he does in men. And I'm sorry for everybody that doesn't think so. I may continue now. It says there was a prophetess named Anna, the daughter of Phanuel. Why do their names have to be hard? Continuing. And the, tri- the, the tribe of Asher, she was advanced in years. That's a really nice way of saying she was old. My grandma's not old, but she was. Here we go. She was in years, having lived with her husband for seven years. Now catch this, from when she was a virgin. That means she was very young when she got married and she only lived with her husband for seven years. So she would not have planned this life. Y'all, this is not a fun life to only be with your husband for seven years. And then she was a widow until she was 84. So we don't know exactly when, so let's just say she was 20, she was probably younger than that, and from 27 to 84, if that's the case, she would have been a widow all by herself. No one plans that life, but God chose that life for her. So listen to me as I continue, because I've got to get y'all to get this as I move on. There are, not might be, not could be, there are either things that you faced, are facing, or are about to face that you would choose differently you would choose it differently, but God has chosen it for you because coupled with the other things of your life, it is for your good. Coupled with, together, is for your good and his glory. If you put it by itself, it's not good. It is not good that a, a young woman like this is by herself. That was not good. Something I find interesting, and this is just my ADD, so y'all just go with it and then we'll keep going, is that Luke talked about the widow's mite and Luke talked about this widow. Three different times Luke spoke about widows. And we know what widows, what we are to do for widows, and, and particularly it was someone like Anna who we don't think had a ton of family, that we don't know about a lot of her family. And when they're by themselves, it's my responsibility, my father's responsibility, my uncle's responsibility to take care of my grandma. But when, when there's a widow that that does not have family, it's the church's responsibility. She was the perfect picture of this. As a matter of fact, in 1 Timothy 5, the Bible talks about widows and what widows are to do. And he specifically, Paul specifically talks about Anna here, y'all. He does not say her name, but he gives the exact instruction and and the literal words of Luke 2 are in there. It's fascinating. And then the other side of the coin is they will become gossips. They'll become busybodies. They'll have all these other issues if they are not following these instructions, by the way, we're tied to those instructions because if we just leave them to the side and say the government will take care of them, that falls on our heads. Is anybody in here? Because this is the part that I find in 1 Timothy 5, she did not depart from the temple worshiping and fasting and praying day and night. She she kept to what God had called her to because y'all, idle time is the worst thing that we can face because we will find trouble if we don't find God. And all of us have been there. Like we say things like this. How did, it, how, how did this happen? How did we end up here? Well, we ended up there because with our idle time, we filled us instead of God, right? That's what happens in life. And it says, and, and coming up at the very hour, she began to give thanks to God. We should do a series called Give Thanks sometimes. Let's continue. To God and speak to him of all, excuse me, to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So y'all remember last week, Simeon was was waiting, had showed up every day, and he was testifying. And then right after that, you have this lady who is fasting and praying, who is faithfully coming every day. Why was she coming to the temple? Because she knew Jesus was coming. She was praying and fasting that the people would be prepared when Jesus got there. What a selfless, crazy act. Y'all, she could have done anything. She could have been on the street corner saying, I bet if I put on my beggar's clothes, I could get some more. She could have done, I I just think through all of the scenarios that this lady could have done, and yet she chose because God had purposed in her to show up and be faithful. She said, I'm going to show up and be faithful. What a novel concept, y'all. Are y'all with me? Like she, there is nothing, if you just stop right here, no one's going to go, so go be an Anna. But that's exactly what we should do. And and my calling may be, it's going to be totally different. There's not a lot that I can compare myself to her. I am not a lady. I am not 84. My wife did not die seven months in, or seven years in. Excuse me. A lot of these things are different. However, there's one thing that can be the same. There's one thing that I believe I can have a single focus. Everybody say single focus. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Because we have decided that when people's stories update, We only like the sexy updates. We only like, excuse me, we only like when the story tickles our fancy, if you will, gets us excited, makes us like what we see. Because we love a highlight video, y'all. We love a highlight video. We love to judge people just based on their highlight film that we don't want to see the body of work. The body of work's boring. That we lose focus. I don't know if I'm preaching anybody in here, but Lord knows this one's been for me. Because what I want to do in my life, I'm just going to put my cards on the table for y'all right now. What I want to do in my life is judge myself based on what I see. How is it going? Well, it's pretty full in here, first service, so it must be going good. Well, it may be just a lie. Success, is a, it can be a facade if my heart is not singularly focused. Listen to this, listen to this. On what God called me to, not what you called me to. I don't know if y'all picked up on this in the story, but Grandma was not bashing my Grandma Potter, my great-grandmother. She was not talking trash about her. She was not throwing shade on her. She was just saying that because she loved her, She didn't understand God's purpose for her. But she still had to obey and continue on. And I was joking, but I'm serious. I'm really glad she did. I've sometimes wondered in my life, I'm just going to say this, I didn't ask permission, so I'll ask forgiveness on the back end, but my grandmother's never been a person of means. She has had, she has never been in my lifetime, in my 37 years, she's never been extremely poor, but she's never been a person that you look up over at her house and go, man, she's got lots of stuff. And yet we've been blessed and he's been faithful. She's never been a person that, that shows up in the room and, and because she drove a certain thing or had a certain thing, everybody goes, well, that must be the favor of God. And yet... To the best of my knowledge and what I can see, God's favor has been on her the whole time. For one reason. I believe this in my heart for one reason. This is what God really messed me up with this week, y'all. Sing, single-mindedness, single-focused. I just want to show y'all in James 1 what I'm talking about. It says, if anyone likes wisdom, James chapter 1, verse 5, let, let him ask God. Let her ask God. This is not him is not about a man. It's about a person. It says, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to us. If we ask him, it will be given. Now, get this, get this. If you lack wisdom, this is what it means. Y'all have been there. Don't don't keep quiet now. God, I don't know what to do. Has anybody ever said that before? Yes, pastor, this week. I'm talking to myself. I did say that. God, help me. This is where we come into a head-on collision but let him ask in faith without doubting. This is not a message about salvation. Do not ever trick these two things together. People are like, see, you should not doubt that you're saved. You should not. This is talking about asking God. He gives you something and then you go, hang on a second, that's not what I asked for. No, I'm not. I'm talking to someone other than just Mark. Wait a second, big man upstairs. I ask you for this, but I knew what I needed, and so I was just trying to get you on the same page as me. So come on, Jesus, let's do this thing. Are y'all with me today? Because as soon as I doubt, now this word is so fascinating because it's not the doubting that we believe that it is. It's not because I, I believe that, especially church people, the people that have grown up in church, I believe as soon as we hear doubt, we think, I'm not sure if I'm good enough. This has nothing to do with that. This is, I'm not sure that's what I want. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all just don't want to talk to me in here today. For the, ones who, the one who doubts, this sounds so familiar to me, It's like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And we say to ourselves, I don't know why I'm so wishy-washy, but the fact of the matter is we're wishy-washy because when God says it, we ain't sure. Because I'm just going to tell y'all something today. I know the preacher is supposed to just be stoic and have everything together. The preacher does not oftentimes have it together. He's pretty jacked up in his mind. Just telling you. Because sometimes God says it and you're like, pfft. Because this is what happens, y'all. I don't know if this is anybody else, but I know it's me. This is what happens to me is I know what God said is going to be, right? And so, I feel in my heart, I never doubt what God's going to do. Listen to me. I doubt what he's going to do today. Amen. I doubt how he's going to get there. I don't doubt that it's going to happen. I doubt how he's going to do it. Right. Amen. Because it doesn't make sense that he would choose you and me. Specifically, in my case, I don't worry about y'all. I worry about this guy right here. Come on, somebody. So, so in the meantime, I know what he's saying, but I start doubting because of me, not because of He. Not because of God, but because why would you, what's the deal? I don't get this. This doesn't make sense. And so I start having these doubts in my mind and I become driven like the wind back and forth, tossed about back and forth. And then that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So is God mad at me? He is not mad at me. He loves me. He is full of grace and truth. He is full of faith. He wants, God, I will never, ever, ever conceive in my, I will never have the thought, the faculties to be able to understand how much God wants to give me what he's got for me and how much he has for you and what he wants to give to you. We will never possibly get it. We just may doubt it, so we may not get it. Am I making any sense today? So in the middle of that struggle, this is what happens is because I doubt it because I'm not sure about me and I put the onus on me and not the God. And I don't know and I don't know if I want to walk through that valley of the shadow of death and I'm not sure about all this stuff and I get tossed about and I get confused in my mind and all this junk starts popping up in my mind and then I'm like, I'm not sure. I think I can get there a different way, God. Amen. I become double-minded. Ever say Double-minded. I'm about to give y'all some stuff that's going to mess with y'all because this is mess with me, so I'm ready to give it to you <laughs> Unstable in all his ways. Watch this. Double-minded in the Greek means two-souled. Split in half. I'm not making this up. When I saw it this week, I was like, the Lord is my shepherd. Holy cow. It is the result. I am not making this up. The result of Merimna. Do y'all remember Merimna? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication, present your request to God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind. When my mind is struggling, when my emotions and my reasoning is is, is going against itself, I can present it to God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will cover me. But I am double-minded the moment that I doubt what he can do. Here's what I thought this week. I, I just started I just started tearing this apart and I thought of 1 Corinthians 6 two sold that that when I become one with God because I trust him as Lord I am the bride, watch this, I'm the bride of Jesus I don't want y'all to miss this, I'm the bride of Jesus and his Holy Spirit chooses me as his dwelling place now I know that might be weird for some of y'all if y'all were baby Christians but how awesome is that that the place that the Jews are fighting over today because Trump decided, and I agree with him, so if y'all want to go against me, you can go against me, but I think it's amazing, and I think that is prophetic, and I'm excited that God is putting his capital city back where it belongs, so one day Jesus is back on that throne in that city. But they worship at the Western Wall. We call it the Wailing Wall, and they fight over it. I'm here to tell you that that Wailing Wall where the Holy of Holies used used to be is right here. That what they don't get is that the Holy Spirit of God is living right here and that I am supposed to be, don't miss this, one soul, one spirit, one mind. That is not my opinion. That is what Ephesians says. That is throughout the Bible, we get the understanding that once I am in Christ, I become one in him, that my purpose is destined and tied to Christ Jesus alone. But as soon as I doubt, and as soon as I become double-minded, I am two-souled. Let me tell you what that means. Two sold. I did a little more digging because I was like, this is fascinating to me. It's like a split personality. Watch this. It's like a person that wants to do this but ends up doing this. Does this sound like anything to y'all in here? Sounds like a person that wouldn't show up every day just to pray and fast because it ain't good enough. God, your calling needs to be better. Watch this, because I like His better than mine. And I get all I get all off balance, off base. I'm going to say some bold things in the next couple minutes. It's out of love. There is not a sin on this planet that we are incapable of once we become two-sold. Once we become double-minded, anytime that we cast judgment on someone, because we are, we, we lack the understanding of how deeply we can fall, because unstable, the, the Greek, y'all listen to this, it literally says in there that this word is not strong enough. It says it. And I was like, whew. And it says you should actually put anarchist or lawless. Lawless. Watch this. He is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man, James chapter one, is unstable, lawless, an anarchist in all his ways, that I am far from God in everything that I do, that there's nothing that I could possibly comprehend. <laughs> I, I, I just find this fascinating. There is not one thing that I'm incapable of doing. And yet we find ourselves in this boat, in this spot. How did I end up here? Can I just tell y'all something? It's, it's only by the favor of God that I won't end up here. Whenever we look out at people and we think to ourselves, well, bless God, I can't believe they did that. Our attitude should start with, it's only by your cares, by your favor, by the name that Anna means. You know, that's what I'm proud of, Grandma. I just wanna tell you what I'm proud of is not what you've accomplished, but that I can say and feel boldly about this that you're not perfect at all. You know, like you sin and but that I believe you've walked stable because you've had a single focus and it's the Lord Jesus. God, what would you have me do? I heard you say on the video and I heard you say it in that belong room, it hasn't always been fun or easy. It's not going to be fun or easy all the time, but if God is for me, who can be against me? Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor principalities, nor darkness, nothing can separate me from the love of God. So this is the question that I have for y'all today. Will we live with wasted days? Will we live with wasted days? I just have to show you what I was thinking about this week. Wasted days, everybody say wasted days. My life verse, I've written cards to some of y'all I've written. Matthew 6:33. It's going to be my verse I believe that I just think of every day, all the time. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things that cause double-mindedness because I focus on where I'm supposed to be and not focus on seeking first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added unto you. So don't, it says this, don't worry about tomorrow in verse 34. Tomorrow's got its own problems. Seek first today. Worry about today. This is what I thought of this week, y'all. Looking at this book, this Bible that I love to study with—it's one of my study Bibles. It has 2,500 and like 2,550 pages, cover to cover. If each day represents a page of my life, the book would have to be significantly larger, right? It'd have to be over 30,000 pages, Lord willing. If I—I'm I'm 37. If I have 50 years left in my life if I live till 87 we don't know let's just assume that it's 87 for argument's sake that's 18250 pages that i have left here's what we do what we do is we take a chunk like 2500 and we say what's this got to look like in order to accomplish what i'm supposed to accomplish and so we start we start trying to fill in the pages way down the line are y'all with me we start we start worrying about the next year so we take 365 like, you know, if I miss this, and and, and maybe in the next three years if I don't accomplish this and it's good to have goals but if I try to fill in a page that's not mine to fill in then today's page will be ruined here's the thing I'm only responsible for what's on today's page I can't be held responsible for what's in the future I believe what God's already written is already written but I've got to be faithful with today's page and if I don't let today's page be written there will be wasted pages and wasted days God does not want us to waste days God intends for us to change his world but if we don't do it we will waste days and this is what happened y'all we got chunks of time like this that we look back and say what happened how did this happen how did I end up here we were too sold and if we're too sold for two years and five years we will have wasted books wasted chapters wasted years but I say no longer no more wasted days but the only way for that to be the case is this page this day This day, this page. The only way that we will change anything is on December the 10th, this page will be written that I will step in faithfully. Whatever you call me to, Lord, I will do it. No more wasted days. I wanna show y'all what Ephesians 5 in the message says. I love this. Don't waste your time on useless work. Watch this, mere busy work The barren pursuits of darkness expose these things as the sham for the sham they are. In your heart, this does not mean that you go and go, you're exposed, Josh. You should not be doing this. Because that's what we want to do, right? This is not talking about that. This is Mark. That is a sham. That is not your destiny in Christ Jesus. I'm talking to myself right now because I'm not gonna be too sold. I'm gonna be singularly focused on what God's called me to do. And when my story starts being written, I want my story to be what what he wrote for me, y'all. This book's been written. This facade has been painted. Will I try to take the brush out of the the master's hand? I'm just the paint, y'all. And he's dipping in and he's making it happen. But so often, I wanna pull it back and say, I'm in charge, I'm in control, this is my life. No, God, you have it. You write it, whatever you see fit. I will do exactly what you say. I know some days will be so hard I won't be able to move, but I want this thing written like you had planned. So you do it. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Expose these things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people, what's this word? Waste their lives on things that they must do in the darkness where no one will see my goodness rip the cover off these frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ he is the light y'all he came John 1 says that in the beginning was the Word and and and, and he was with God and was God but but verse 3 begins to talk about the light he illuminates our lights, or, or our lives, for His glory, our purposes, and the world will recognize Him when the light is coming out of us. But it can't happen if we're too sold, if we're double-minded, if we if we lose focus on what we see and not what He's called us to. So I'm gonna yell, but not too loud. Wake up! Am I talking to anybody other than me in here? Wake up from your slumber, from your sleep. Climb out of your coffins. Christ will show you the light i don't know who i'm talking to in here y'all but i know i'm talking to somebody somebody needs to wake up somebody needs to say yes to jesus in here and and, and those of you that know jesus like me in here need to realize that a lot of us are two sold a lot of us have split personalities because what we what we feel does not equal what god called us to put down whatever has distracted you and pick up the love of god in your lives if you want to know jesus in here his offering, his love is available for you right now, right now. But I think somebody in here needs to stand with me and say, I'm tired of being too sold. I'm tired of being, I'm tired of my focus being everywhere. And in this Christmas season, y'all, it happens more than I believe any other time. I'm ready to be fixed and focused on Jesus. God, we love you so much. And I'm so thankful for a lady like Anna who we may not have wanted to check her Instagram profile and she may have only had a hundred followers and we may have thought she's nobody, she doesn't matter. God, may my life at the end of my life be, be like that of Anna who stayed the course. Because God, if I decide that what I have is more important than what you have, I'll have wasted years, wasted time, and I'll look back On a wasted life so God we just stand with you and we say no more wasted years no more wasted time we will fix our eyes on Jesus and today will be the day that I enter your courts with praise because God I just believe this, that better is one day in your courts, that that one day my page is being written, that my one day you have everything that I ever need and I will live in your favor and you will accomplish everything I ever need when I am one soul with you. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. December the 10th, 2017 is a day that we're turning the page and we say, this is your day. These are your courts. God, our hearts are yours. We open ourselves up to you and we say we love you back. And as a body, as a people, as a group of believers, believers we say we are yours and we call out to you Abba Father Daddy we stand and we lift our arms and we say we need you Father we need you we love you and we lift up your name because you're worthy of glory and honor and praise no matter how sexy no matter how quiet no matter how behind the scenes we choose you because we choose no more wasted days we love you Jesus and everybody said amen y'all stand and sing with us